everyone. Thank you for joining us with Invisible Not Broken. In this episode, with my youngest interview subject ever, we're going to be covering issues with traveling, going to college, fears when your medication can become illegal, and what can happen when your own doctor does not believe your condition really exists. Thank you so much for listening to Invisible Not Broken. I really appreciate your support. Please hit subscribe and leave an embarrassingly glowing review on iTunes. Until next time, be kind, be gentle, and be a badass. I have fibromyalgia, anxiety disorder, mood slash depressive disorder, and stomach issues from that are symptoms of fibromyalgia. So, and what age were you when this actually became a daily issue? Uh, well, sorry. Well, the precursors to fibromyalgia started in 2013 from a traumatic event that happened. Um, and so it slowly started to progress into worse and worse symptoms. So for about a year, I was throwing up almost every single day. And they said, oh, you just have a stomach issue. And then once the second that went away, my pain started. And I never really dealt with the precursor things okay. because um, we didn't know that it was my, my stress and my tra- previous trauma. And so then when the pain came, you know, they did the tests and... Now, for your, and I won't ask any specifics about the trauma, but right. um, legally I can't talk about and it. That's totally <laughs> fine. I, I, I actually have some very similar stories myself. Um, did you find that doctors were, I know at least for myself, like when I went in with stomach pain after the events, mm-hmm. I was told that I was just, it was emotional, it wasn't physical, so they wouldn't look at the, did you have anything like um, that? They started off with trying to say, well, Because they do all these tests, they did endoscopy, colonoscopy, they did some kind of radio where I drink radioactive stuff, and they watched it go down my esophagus. I was really hoping for, like, a spider bite during that one. Like, come on, this is how these superhero stories start. The issue with that one was I kept throwing the stuff up, so they couldn't really do it, but, um, so they were doing all those, and they're saying, well, there's nothing that we can see wrong with you, so it's really just in your head, and... Once they were kind of like, well, we can't see anything wrong medically, so here's a psychiatrist. Okay. And they wouldn't work with me unless I was seeing a psychiatrist, which I already was. Um, And they just, the doctors, medical doctors, wouldn't, just didn't want to work with me. (laughs) And they still don't, actually. I've been having issues with my doctor right now because... uh, she, she doesn't want to put fibromyalgia on my chart. She'll say it on the phone, but she won't put it on my chart. She thinks it's a mental, all mental, that none of it's physical. So, still struggling with that. <laughs> and what are the issues with it not being on your chart? What, what problems um, Well, because I'm changing doctors. Uh, anytime I change doctors, since it's not on my chart, I'll have to redo the whole year-long process again. Um, I can't get, uh, I'm, I'm lucky enough that the school I'm going to is willing to try to work with me on the information I do have access to in regards to pain, but otherwise I wouldn't be having support from my college for pain. So thankfully they're <laughs> willing to work with the little evidence I do have of a fibromyalgia diagnosis. Cause I was told over the phone by two doctors that I have it, but they won't put it on anything public that for I for me to see or for me to copy and paste or send to anybody. So, and what are some of the things that they're able to do for you if they do have a chronic pain diagnosis at the college? Well, actually, they're because I'll be living um, 
in a suite on campus because of uh, I do have sleeping disorders as well, but that's been my whole life. Um, I have to sleep in a single bedroom, and mm-hmm. that's further away from the center of campus. So they're willing to give me a tram. So basically, if I'm having a painful day, I can just call, and they can drive me to class um, and drive me back home from class. Sounds um, amazing. <laughs> yeah. So they're willing to work with, you know, uh, transportation-wise. And then, of course, with the sleeping issues, um, they're willing to give me a single bedroom and give me my own space. So no roommates. Right. I will have um, suite mates, but not in my room. So okay. we'll share, like, a bathroom and a kitchen and a living area, but I'll be in my own singular room. Oh, so, nice. So yeah. you don't have, like, the bunk beds. Right, and- right. I, I never got to do that, but I heard stories. Yeah. So what age were you when this actually really became, I don't know if you would say debilitating, but what age did this become an issue for your um, everyday life? Well, the, the vomiting issue was, was a big problem, and that was a year before uh, my pain issues, which started in about April of last year. So then my pain started, but the vomiting issues went away. So it's kind of two different two different issues and they cause two different kinds of um troubles you know with vomiting I always have to make sure that there's somewhere for me to do it (laughs) Uh, I I remember on BART I had to just get off BART and Mm. and just run to the bathroom as quick as I could which is kind of you because a lot of people on BART just go for it (laughs) yeah right right and then but with my fibromyalgia um sometimes I can't get out of bed so with the Mm -hmm. vomiting I could get out of bed and have my day even though I was throwing up throughout the day. But with the fibromyalgia, it's hard to just get up, you mm-hmm. know. And so it, I, it has progressed to being worse. Because, okay. you know, obviously I was able to still live my day. And now, thankfully, I, ha- I have met, um, my herbal medication. <laughs> um, Are you willing to talk about that? Or is that um, something you would like to keep off record? I, I take Kratom. I'm willing to say that. Okay. Um, however, once it is e- made illegal, if it gets made illegal, I will not be taking Kratom anymore. Yes, so. I understand. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We are law-abiding citizens. Right, but no currently it is totally, ili- uh, totally legal in the state of California. So. Okay. <laughs> so for you, and um, do you mind saying how old you are? I'm 22. Yeah, you're so young to be dealing with all of this. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so it's only been a few years that you've been having the daily debilitations. Yeah. So... You do remember a time then that you weren't having this. Mm-hmm, what was yeah. that like for you before? Like, who were you before? Did you have different goals or do you have the same goals? I feel like since I've had these battles, I've actually made my goals wider. So before I wanted to just become a veterinarian technician. Mm-hmm. And s- since uh, since being diagnosed with fibromyalgia and having these pain issues, I really wanted to strive for a doctorate in veterinary medicine. And it's not because of the pain but it's also kind of a way to tell life to F off, you know? <laughs> and the, part of this is swearing, so please okay. feel free. You can say fuck. I think that if we're all going to be in chronic pain, we get to say fuck. Okay. So basically tell life to fuck off, mm-hmm. you know? Like, um, it may take me longer. I mean, it took me uh, four years to do two years worth of school. It may take me longer, but I'm going to get there, and I'm, I want to try to be as successful as possible. And... I may, part of it is because of the battles, you know. If I can get through a day of chronic pain, then I can work towards my doctorate, I feel. That's amazingly impressive. That's one of the things I really liked about you when I met you at the dog park. Mm-hmm. I was just like, wow, you really do, um, you have such uh, ability to kind of go with 
the punches as you were telling me about your yeah. airplane journey. If you want to share um, that, I was I was really impressed that you know you you don't let things just stop you. Right. Yeah. Well, with the airplane thing, I don't, <laughs> we can it's, avoid yeah, that. that if you yeah. Would like. Well, it, honestly, it might have helped if if I would have worked with doctors to get some kind of flight note. But still, I think airlines kind of need to have need to realize that there are invisible illnesses because I was trying to, I didn't want to outwardly say, well, I have this, Mm -hmm. you know, in the middle of everyone staring at me bawling. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, we shouldn't have to say that. I mean, they're willing to accommodate someone who can just go grab a wheelchair, but not someone who has problems, but doesn't, they don't look hurt, you know. And they don't look disabled, or they don't look like they're in pain. It's like, I am I could be just as much pain standing up as in a wheelchair. <laughs> the difference is I have a visible wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so that's kind of a struggle with fibromyalgia. I mean, you know, you have fibromyalgia. Some people, and Ehlers-Danlos, which is not outwardly visible. <laughs> you know, it's not like you have a big flag above your head, you know. No, but the the shoulder um, dislocations and the wrist dislocations, like as gross as they are and as fun as it is to creep out my kids, it, it does help because people, it, it's something yeah. you can point to. And when I just had, or when I was told that I just had the fibro, it was, um, it was much harder because I didn't know if I had like earned the right to have a cane, even if it was hard to walk. Or yeah. It's I, difficult because yeah. you don't look, like you, you're disabled. No. It doesn't look like you have pain going on. <laughs> you know, and so. it's amazing how many people make assumptions if you're right. young or if you don't. Right, look. I'm 22 and I'm going to school and I work, but that doesn't mean that when I was working at a doggy daycare, I was in pain the entire eight to ten hours of work. Excruciating pain. Cause this is before I had a diagnosis and had kratom and. You know, people are saying, well, you know, you're so lively during during work. You don't seem like you're in pain. It's like, you have no idea, (laughs) (laughs) you know. (laughs) So, but if, but but like, for instance, another worker I I worked with had to wear braces and things like that. And so people were more patient with her. Hmm. And it's like, well, I don't really warrant the need for a brace or anything, but I'm still in pain. So, yeah, it was kind of, it's kind of a weird social thing where people only really believe you if you have a visi- visible kind of brace mm-hmm. or cane or wheelchair or, you know, cane or whatever. So it's difficult to deal with fibromyalgia, especially the community that doesn't believe in fibromyalgia. Especially <laughs> when it's your doctor who doesn't right, right. believe. Kaiser, because uh, I have Kaiser, mm-hmm. <laughs> um... They, they have fibromyalgia as their, they accept it as a, dis, like a disability and disorder. However, it doesn't mean every single doctor in Kaiser believes it. And hmm. so that also <laughs> means that not every doctor is willing to even talk about it. And so even within insurances, it can be difficult, even when it's, even when a doctor is technically supposed to say, I believe that this exists, if they truly don't believe it. What's, how are they going to help you? you know, I could never see a doctor thinking in their brain, I think you're faking this. Can it still <laughs> help you? You know, I don't see how they, that works out. And but. what help do they offer for fibromyalgia? Oh, I have no idea. They won't offer me anything but meds. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I haven't been under the just five. They just jump right over to the heart and the Ehlers-Danlos. So I have, right. the last time I went in for fibromyalgia, I was like, oh, 
yeah, here's some pills, and um, that yeah. sucks. <laughs> well, even with the medication, their approach is um, no pain medication, strictly fibromyalgia-geared medication. Mm-hmm. At least that's what they portray to me. They portray something different depending on the doctor, it seems. And um, the, I looked at the medications that they offered, and Kratom was helping me far better than what those medications quite possibly could have done. Because <laughs> Are we talking in, about Lyrica or some Valta? Or, yes. Which, yeah. when they messaged me, it said, you have like 30 per, 30% of fibromyalgia patients experience help from these medications, but it can be only up to like 15% of their pain. So... That's a lot of a trade-off for those um, side effects. Right. And when I saw the side effects, I was sticking with Kratom. <laughs> so. Feels like it should just have on the bottle, you know, made the odds ever be in your favor. Right. Just go, exactly. you know, full Hunger Games on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they should. But that's the only thing I've been offered. Really, what the conversation went, because they refused to message me about mm-hmm. it. Um, she called me without an appointment or anything, because she didn't want a record of this, I assume. Um, cause she's very weird. Um, she said, you know, we think you have fibromyalgia, uh, based on everything. So how about you Google and use WebMD and Mayo Clinic and stuff like that. And let me know what you, uh, what, what you want to do. Do you get to have an MD after you do all of her research? Oh, I know. That yeah, should at least count towards like school. Yeah. Right? My, I should get, a, I mean, I have, I've taken a drug class, um, based on pharmaceutical drugs, but I think I should get like. Six more credits, maybe? All of this was chronic illness. I mean, I really feel like we should get at least some units towards right. something. with. And the scary part is that she's on the board of some fibromyalgia um, group for Kaiser. And so I felt it kind of odd for her to say, well, why don't you Google it um, and hit me up? Wow, it really makes you wonder who's qualified and how. What what are the actual qualifications to sit on some of these boards? I have no idea. I do struggle because I know I've told people, oh, well, I have fibromyalgia or I, you know, I explain I'm in a lot of pain today. And they go, oh, you know, everyone gets in pain. It's it's like, well, you don't feel like, wake up feeling like you got hit by a diesel truck. So I, I think it's a little different. But um, it's just to say, I hear that you're in pain, and what can I do for you? Or I understand that you can't make it to this meeting, or you can't make it to hang out today, or whatever. Just respect what they're telling you. And and do research, too. I mean, once I got fibromyalgia, I started researching all kinds of invisible illnesses. That's how I, I knew about Ellers Danlos. I was so surprised! <laughs> yeah, YouTube is great for all of this kind of information. There are sides of the internet that can be harmful, but if you're making, if you're critically thinking about what you're watching or reading on the internet, then it's very easy to fish out who's kind of trolling, you know, Mm -hmm. and who isn't. And I think people just need to do more research on these types of things, you know. Now, you're much younger and probably much more social than I am. How do you... (laughs) I like the eyebrow raise. That's great. That's Um, debatable. How do you choose who to tell? And do you see... Um, Do you feel like it's affecting your social life? Or do you feel like... Do you have, like, a way of testing people to um, decide who to tell and when? I know that I used to go out a lot. But then when my pain symptoms got worse and worse, I slowly kind of started reclusing back into my room, you know? And... So I don't go out anymore. <laughs> I've okay. gone out for a while. Um, but, you know, I just tell them I have, I have a really close network. So my mom and I are very, very close. And I have my best friend, and I also have another friend. And it's kind of just us. 
<laughs> but okay. we're really, we're all really close, and I feel comfortable talking about it with them. Um, obviously, like I said, because you were talking about it, you know, then I felt kind of welcomed. Um, and, uh, like, with Roxy's mom and stuff, you know, yeah. she, oh, she's got she's pain issues, too. So, But usually, if... I, I try not to gear conversations toward myself, only because I just... I'm always afraid of that person going... Well, haven't they said that fibromyalgia doesn't exist? <laughs> or, you know, something asinine. So I kind of avoid it. But I also don't really go out anymore. So that's the way to avoid it. <laughs> yeah. Because usually, I mean, with the... You experience tiredness. It's kind of... Usually people my age go out at night. And by the time it's like 8 or 9 o'clock, I start debating on whether or not I really want to go out. It's kind of like... <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 10, if it's not a 10, I'm not going. Uh, Fair. So. That's what you have to look forward to, as I'm old enough to actually be your mom, is that you get to a point where it's like, am I tired enough to get out of bed to brush my teeth? Right. <laughs> it's not even going out anymore. It's like, yeah, right. do I have the spoons left to actually stand up and get to the sink? Right. I remember I was, um, I was in England recently. And um, thank God that they have better over-the-counter meds available, like painkillers they actually wow. have on the counter. <laughs> so I was able to kind of live that trip. And I remember I took Airbnbs all over the place because I've done the hostel thing. Not my thing no more. <laughs> and um, I, I had come down with a cold, but my room was freezing because the windows weren't working right. And she said, well, why don't you take a hot shower? I said, well, I'm kind of too tired for that. And she said, well, just take a hot shower and see how you feel. And I'm like, I don't think you really understand. Yeah. I'm just way too tired to take a shower, <laughs> you know. And when, I, you know, before I used to take like three showers a day when I was in uh, like middle school and high school. And now I'm like, can I muster up one a week? <laughs> Is one a week okay? Is that like socially acceptable? But then I don't go out. So it's especially after parenthood. If you have if you ever choose to have children, one twice a week is totally normal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, um yeah, even just getting up to take a shower can be a a lot of work and people don't realize that with chronic pain people that sometimes just going up and doing something that you think is menial and something that's just just an easy task it can be a lot of effort there's a lot of effort that, can, that has to be put into that you know especially if you're in pain and a lot of my pain is uh, waist down I get it okay. waist up which qualifies me for fibromyalgia but a lot of it is waist down and so walking can be difficult and so I'm like do I really want those chips in the kitchen <laughs> you know and, and so people you know people take walking for granted too mm -hmm. and I know that now that with my pain symptoms, even I'm like, wow, walking is a blessing, you know, when I have the energy to get up and walk somewhere. I was happy I walked here today. I'm really <laughs> impressed. I was curious if you're going to drive or walk. <laughs> yeah, so, it, and fi with fibromyalgia, walking is supposed to be, help, help you, but when you're in so much pain, it's like, how, how? <laughs> and I don't think doctors get that, so. I feel like there almost needs to be new words, like, there needs to be a different word than exhausted and tired because right, regular people yeah. experience yeah pe people without invisible illness ex you know they experience exhaustion and tiredness and uh, fatigue but I feel like w with people with fibromyalgia and all these invisible illnesses and even visible illnesses it's it's a whole new level mm -hmm. 
it's like not even relatable with, yeah. with other people. So yeah, I see what you mean. There should be like pain dictionary or <laughs> you know something like that. Yeah, I think everyone feels like they know what being really exhausted and tired. I studied for finals and didn't sleep for three days. I know tired. And it's like, no, no, no. (laughs) No, my friend. You you have a general conception of what being sleepy is. Being fatigued and tired and exhausted is different than being sleepy or or that you've run a marathon. It's a very different experience. We need to find a better word. And it's day-to-day, too. With those people, it's those three Mm -hmm. nights that they miss, and then they get to sleep, and they're all better, and they're back to their energy self. But um, Or trying to describe pain to a doctor. I don't know if you have this, but I, um, because I dislocate daily, I have to when they ask me a pain scale, I always have to say, okay, your pain scale or mine? Yeah, that's because difficult. If, yeah, if I give you my pain scale, you're going to tell me to go home. Right, and the issue with before they decided on fibromyalgia is because it kind of manifested down and worked its way up. Okay. And so I'm, like, telling them, I'm saying, my feet feel like they could be as swollen as balloons. Like, there's so much pain inside of them. Like, I feel like I've broken my feet. And they're like, okay, well, (laughs) why don't we do a test to see your inflammation levels? Because they were thinking that I meant literally my feet are swollen. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Oh, my feet are kind of sore because they're swollen. No, I don't think you understand. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, those inflammation levels were close to none because it's Mm -hmm. not inflammation. It's nerve pain. Um, or like when I was just at the dentist the other day and man, it wore me out, but they gave me numbing and it freaked out my nerves and it immediately felt like pins and needles and it was very, very painful. And I was trying to express that to them and they go, well, you know, is it the pressure? I'm like, no, I feel like I like it's melting off. It hurts. (laughs) Like it's pain. They're like, well, it's just pressure. I'm like, no. I know what pressure feels like. <laughs> and why do I have to be at the source when I'm in agony? <laughs> yeah. And so, it's, it's, yeah, there needs to be a whole nother words, you know. And it's, it's sometimes hard to explain exactly. And f- for them, they think, oh, well, she's just being dramatic. Yeah. You know, oh, she's a 22-year-old. She's gonna, she <laughs> hates the dentist. But really, it's like, no, I'm, I'm like, dead serious, you know. And so... It can be hard being 22 because they go, well, how much do you drink? Well, I don't go out, so I drink none. (laughs) (laughs) Do you do any drugs? I don't go out, so none. (laughs) Because that would be fun. (laughs) Yeah. So they try to chalk it up to, oh, she's 22. Hmm. She's wild. Like, try to find a picture of me outside. (laughs) (laughs) You know? So that can be difficult. So for you... What would make it easier for you to be able to, you have the tram at your school that will take yeah. you back mm-hmm. and forth, which if I had had that in college, that would have been so much better. Oh, yeah. What other things could make life, daily life easier for you to move around in the world? Um, I mean, it's hard to say on day to day. I think just more acceptance because I feel days where I still have to go out, you know, buy groceries, I, I would feel uncomfortable saying, can I use the the little motorbikes for oh, yeah. those things? The, yeah, yeah the motor I, carts. Yeah, <laughs> I would feel, unco- I feel uncomfortable going, can I use one, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm a 22-year-old, I look totally fine, and so usually they'll just, 
you know, kind of be like, mm, they're, you know, they're reserved for people with disabilities. It's like, what? They probably think you're going to start drag racing. Right. And <laughs> right, so, Trader Joe's. Yeah. So I think just the people understanding that there are such things as invisible illnesses, like mm-hmm. someone could literally be suffering inside and look like a normal 18, 30, 20-year-old person, you know, and just understand that if they ask or tell that, they are not, don't assume that they're being melodramatic, and especially being a woman, oh. they're kind of like, oh, women are just like that, right? Hysteria. Oh, it yeah. has a long, long medical history. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, fibromyalgia was considered um, something related to that, and mm-hmm. that it was like, oh, it was just a woman needing some, you know, needing some, <laughs> or something like that. Attention on every level. Yeah. <laughs> And, I mean, now even men are starting to come out with and being diagnosed with fibromyalgia. And so I think that helps is, you know, men being willing to talk about their pain, too, to kind of broaden the understanding, you know. But, um, poor guys. Also, like, it's hard to be a woman not being taken seriously, but I feel like men also have such a disadvantage in that right. they're taught that, that they're not manly, supposed to talk about it. Yeah, right. just hush, hush, hush. No, no, no. If you're manly, you just... You keep it inside, and that's so dangerous. Right. Man, if, if I felt like my femininity was at just, you know, at stake for just talking about being in pain, like, how much quieter I would be. You know, you know how their masculinity mm, is yeah. kind of put at stake if they complain about pain. Um, stuff like that. Also, what would really help is if they don't make Kratom illegal. <laughs> Um, hey, currently we're fighting that, but you know, um, I don't use that, but I use the medical marijuana right. and, that's, and that took forever. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> and, and the funny thing is, is like, I am the least drug person. Like this right. was kind of like, I, my husband had to school me on everything. <laughs> yeah. So this is marijuana. Yeah, this, yeah. <laughs> it was so a Nancy Reagan moment. <laughs> um, you're too young for that. Never mind. Um, but that scares me with the new laws and I'm sure mm-hmm. if you found something that works for you and it's being threatened. It's, yeah. It's actually very terrifying. Um, because with England, for instance, they had painkillers. So I had no, to kind like of put opiate a, painkillers. Yeah. Or, codeine. They had a lot of codeine over the counter. And that's just over the counter. Yeah. We're here. We're like, <laughs> yeah, I can't get codeine even if I broke my leg. They give me ibuprofen. Oh, how helpful. <laughs> yeah. That seems totally, you know, within yeah. the realm. And so, um, with Kratom, it's been at risk at becoming just shoved onto an illegal list till later, kind of with a marijuana, where they kind of put it on the, their shit list, and mm-hmm. then they're like, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. Um, Kratom's at risk at that, and honestly, if uh, if Kratom becomes illegal, I don't know what I will do. Um, my mom's terrified as well, and she actually went to the, this, um, there's a politician in town, and she oh, went and talked do we want to wanna say who this is? Because I, no I adore him. Um, oh, Eric Swalwell. Uh, yeah, sure. It's our Castro Valley representative, oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. he's incredibly... I only know who this is because since um, our latest election, I've been making calls to all of our representatives oh, okay. all the time, yeah, and I call his office him. Yeah. a lot. She went and talked to him about Kratom, and I'm hoping it opened his eyes a little bit because there is a lot of uh, misinformation on the internet. Um, it can be very scary what they okay. what they assume about kratom, but really the you know the FDA is working on looking at kratom, and it's still scary because even though marijuana had proven uh, or weed whatever 
um, had proven medical benefits, mm-hmm. they still were like, no, we're not yeah. dealing with this. So it's, it's But they're scary. letting the drug companies make their own synthesis, oh, yeah. fake version of yeah. the CBD, which is, um, sure, that seems like a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, that and opiates, that's, um, I, well, you don't take them, but I have to, and the Oh, well, when I was a kid, of, they used to, Kaiser used to hand them out like candy. Yeah. I was on them, uh, any little sprain, because I was in competitive soccer growing up. And oh, so, okay, so you were, like, heavy sports, too. Yeah, and so any little sprain, any little bruise, hematoma, whatever, yeah. they'd prescribe me, I got anywhere between, like, codeine and Norco, um, wow. Vicodin, all of that, and then... About the time that I was 17, 18 is when they really started getting really upset about opiates. Okay. Um, yes, I, I remember and, and I found it quite odd that they would say, well, we don't want to prescribe them to you because you might become addicted. And I said, I, I feel like telling them, well, <laughs> wouldn't I already be addicted? Because yep. you basically fed them to me like M&Ms up until I was 17. So aren't we kind of just... <laughs> I must be missing some trick because I've been on them for so long that I don't get how someone does this for fun. Like the yeah, side effects no, yeah. suck, and it's like why? Yeah. Oh, friends, find something better to do. <laughs> yeah. So for you, do you have any like life hacks? Any like things that make things easier? And by that, I mean like I use Task Rabbit to like get heavy lifting okay, done yeah. and things. Do you have anything that just works well for you? Uh, well, my mom is great. Um, yay, yay, she family helps, support. Yeah, she helps me with a lot of uh, paperwork and things of that nature because, mm-hmm. like, even just reading your contract, I had to skim through. Because for me, reading documentation is exhausting uh, for some reason. And um, since my traumatic event, just reading in general, it's okay. kind of a struggle. And so when I have to read, like, really long, wordy things, I'm just... You know, kind of my brain's like, we're shutting down now. Um, so, so now I know I need to streamline that contract <laughs> down to like, hey, please just don't sue me. Yeah. And so um, she helps me with a lot of paperwork, financial aid, everything. Mm-hmm. You know, she's just well, wonderful. financial aid is cruel in and of itself. Oh, yeah. like, no, healthy people can't get through that. Yeah. yeah. So she helps me with a lot. Um, even small tasks um, that I could do myself. She helps cook meals and she does my laundry for me because that exhausting for me um she just helps a lot I mean granted when I move I'll have to do these things Mm -hmm. myself but it's kind of like I'm hoping it's kind of an energy saver until I can (laughs) until I move and then saving your energy until yeah and but she's just really supportive and say say I promise to go on a walk with her Mm -hmm. and my pain just goes off the scales I can just tell her hey, my pain is really bad. And she's like, no problem. Excellent. And so that takes a lot of stress off because I have a feeling a lot of people with invisible illnesses have family members who don't believe them either. And so that, because my fibromyalgia is stress-induced. So any little bit of stress, it's like a trigger for it. And so um, if she wasn't supportive in everything, like she's the one that found Kratom for me. She's been you know, supporting me with Kratom and stuff like that. Does she do research for you on your disorder and things that help? Um, I kind of do that, but she looked up the Kratom because she knew I didn't want to take the pharmaceutical medication. Um, but yeah, she just, she's a really good support and she's always willing to help and understand. If she wasn't understanding, this stress would probably drive me nuts with pain. And so she helps 
lighten the load a little bit. And of course, she's kind of like my counselor, you know, at the end of the day, if I've had a rough day, it's easier to kind of expel my stress. <laughs> she's always willing to listen, so. That is um, invaluable. <laughs> yeah, she's great, so. Yeah. So do you have, and this is completely up to you if you want to answer this or not, but is there anything that you find embarrassing to talk to about your disorder with other people? Is there just saying that you're just like, mm-hmm. ah, this is hard to say? Um, I think just talking about it in general to people who, like, like I keep saying that I talked about it with you guys because that was kind of already the topic of discussion. Mm-hmm. But if because I didn't know you, um, if you guys weren't talking about that at all, I would feel very uncomfortable bringing it up. And so it's just telling people who I don't know. Um, I feel comfortable talking about it with family and my best friend and everything. Even though sometimes I try not to be too complaining, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> oh, that's um, a hard line to walk. <laughs> yeah, and so it, sometimes it's difficult to express that I'm in pain, but also not feel like I'm burdening people with it. How do you, you know? do that? Like, do you have a way of, of being able to explain to the people closest to you that you're at that point, or is that... Um, I kind of just mention it, and then just leave it at that. And usually <laughs> they kind of, gra- you know, grasp that. Okay. Um, I don't have to keep explaining it, which is nice. Um, kind of, my mom understands that if I've had a painful morning, it's going to be a painful day. Mm -hmm. So if I bring it up in the morning, she knows that the whole day is going to be like that. And so I don't have to express it because she already knows. And even she'll kind of be like, you know, do you feel any better? Or, you know, try to help and... So, and if I have, if I haven't mentioned anything, she'll always ask. So even if I've been in pain all day and haven't said anything, she's like, are you good? (laughs) Are you okay? And so, yeah, like you said, it's a thin line, but Mm -hmm. my mom is so understanding that. She sounds amazing. Oh yeah. She's a great woman. She's a very strong woman. I just hope that my, uh, my daughter and I have that kind of relationship when she's 22. That's, that's my hope. I've always been close with my mom. She's cool. That's fantastic. She's the best. So, do you have anything that you, we talk a lot in the podcast about Sick World and that it's like this rabbit hole you fall down and all of a sudden there's different language and different rules and they keep shifting. Is there anything <clears throat> that you would want to tell people who are not involved in Sick World what this is like? I mean, I don't know. I think, like I said, YouTube is really good at expressing that. Like, there's a lot of invisible illness vloggers out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you literally get to see their day and see the struggle throughout the day that they have. And that's easiest because I think to help understand, because when you see someone, you see them maybe an hour or two in a day and you don't get the grass from wake up to Mm. falling asleep. What a good point. But with vlogs, you literally just get to see the struggle and then you also get to see how they kind of mask it from others. And Mm -hmm. so you can see that it can be difficult and yeah. And so, I, I don't know, maybe it's because I love YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting me to. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's how I've discovered a lot of other invisible illnesses. And, like, I, ju- I was actually just watching a vlogger today who has POTS, and she has, she has a couple of other um, mm-hmm. issues going on. But POTS is always one of the party. It's yeah. <laughs> and so, she, you know, she shows, you know, when she's feeling great, but mm-hmm. she also shows when she feels like total shit. And it's, I think it's really good because even if she's at home in agony, 
I think people don't realize, like, at the end of the day, people go home. Mm-hmm. And they still exist in their own home. Mm-hmm. And so, even though she may look great out in Target, and then she goes home, but just that outing has totally wiped her whole energy level. I, I think people don't understand that. That that can, that with uh, chronic illness, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Is you say, okay, I'm going to go get groceries today. <laughs> you go get groceries, and then that's it for the day. Mm-hmm. You're done. And you're toast. And people say, well, I saw you at Target. You looked so great. It's like, yeah, but that was literally all of my energy, you know? I dread the, you look wonderful comment. Oh, it's yeah. Like, oh, God, I'm going to Well, you don't look like you're in pain. Yeah. <laughs> you should see the inside of my mouth where I've, like, destroyed molars from right. gritting my teeth. Right. <laughs> so, last question. What's your favorite swear word? Oh, man. <laughs> There's so many good ones. Yeah. Um, I don't, I use, I use that for quite a bit. And there was just a study that says it reduces pain to yell out a swear word. And it's like, I now feel justified. Yeah, then you just get to do it everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Totally. And you won't get kicked out? (laughs) I have yet to get kicked out. I've gotten glared at by my mother, but... Yeah, my mom's really great, and that she's totally fine with cussing too. So oh, that's nice. I yeah. my mother is like the sweetest woman in the world, and I don't know if I'd ever heard her swear until I was an adult. Oh man! And I swear like a truck driver, <laughs> and <laughs> especially when I drive. And the little family story is my son was three years old, in the back of her car, and someone cut her off, and she went, oh, "That." idiot oh Liam I'm so sorry I should never have said idiot (laughs) and he's like oh grandma it's okay my mommy calls them assholes I got a phone call in like five minutes yeah with um, my full name the middle name as well oh yeah (laughs) yeah that's when you know right oh yeah I don't know man they're all pretty good uh my mom likes to say something like Something goat liquor, snake, snake fucking goat liquor or something. Wow, just, I've got to meet your mom she sometime. Just, yeah, <laughs> she tries to string as many random words with, uh, you know, a noun and then some kind of verb. That's excellent, know. that's creative. <laughs> that's like yeah. the mad libs of swearing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, I do say, um, what do, I guess I just say fuck a lot and shit. I don't know. Man, I can't decide. I'm really bad at making choices. I have no favorite <laughs> color. I have no favorite animal. I have no Well, fa- you can choose two since you have the two. Oh, man, that's still hard. <laughs> okay, we can just go with you love swearing. Yeah, I do I do enjoy swearing, actually. I think Excellent. if it's used properly, it's really great. So. It's a release. Yeah, I know, yeah. There was one lady, sorry, small tangent. No, please, when I, I was, just went on a tangent on my kids, so go for it. <laughs> when I was, uh, I was in an aquarium, actually, in England, and it was quite packed, and a woman decided to use me as a tripod. So she laid her arm, this whole part Did of her arm. Did she ask? Oh, no. No conversation was had. <laughs> she laid her whole uh, right side on my backpack and my shoulder and laid her camera on my shoulder to take a picture of the sharks. And so my first impression was someone's trying to rob me because it was my backpack. So I turn and I look and notice that she's just trying to take a picture but using me as her camera tripod. Mm-hmm. And I just said, well, shit. <laughs> and I just walked away. And the look on her face was of total disbelief. Those damn Americans. Oh, yeah, I know. But, it, but yeah, I think if you use it in the right... Because I was silent almost that whole time because I'm a lone traveler. And so I don't talk a lot. And so the fact that I just turned and looked at her and just said, oh, shit. And then the look on her face, I was like, you know, that was totally worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I, I would rather have a like say uh, barely anything all day, but get really good impressions from what I say than 
say a lot. <laughs> so, that's and usually fair. a cuss word has to be kind of like included in that, right? Because that's kind of a shocker. Like, who would cuss in front of all these children? Oh, they don't speak English, so. We're <laughs> yeah, we're good. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for coming and talking to me. I really yeah, appreciate it. And I hope I get to see you soon.